Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. The U.S. Supreme Court to decide another religious viewpoint discrimination case. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, Holly, on January 18, 2022, I argued the case of Shirtliff versus City of Boston. It's a Liberty Council case that came out of the City of Boston when they violated, intentionally so, the Christian viewpoint of Hal Shirtliff, the founder of Camp Constitution. Now, on the 14th, which was the Friday before this Tuesday, was the day that the Supreme Court had a conference. And I want to tie these in together, and I want to talk about our Boston case and then this Coach Kennedy case. Yeah, because this, both of these, really, there's a historical precedent that's about to be set. And I believe our country, which was founded upon Judeo-Christian principles and religious freedom, freedom of speech, regarding religious viewpoints, is about to make a turn back to our original foundation. Yeah, I think I'm very hopeful about that because I believe that uh, our case, Shirtliff versus City of Boston, will have a decision no later than the last week of June when the court's term ends. And based on how the oral arguments went, they went exceptionally well, so I want to thank people for their prayers and continue to pray because it's now in the writing phase. It was a historic day, I might say, and we're going to hear about that case, I think, for years to come. It will set the foundation and a great precedent with regards to religious free speech and particularly government's censoring of religious viewpoints, which is what happened in Boston. We'll come back to some of the facts that we've dealt with before. But I really do believe the Supreme Court is poised to turn us back in the right direction. And I think we're going to get a great victory on that. But again, continue to pray. And we'll unravel some of the specifics. But this particular case lays the foundation for what the court recently did as well. Last year, the case involving Coach Kennedy reached the U.S. Supreme Court for the second time, and the uh, Coach Kennedy asked the Supreme Court to take the case. That's a case involving a high school coach who regularly after the football games went to the field and just took a knee and would silently give a prayer. And you know why he did that? Because before he, when he started coaching, he made a promise to God that he would pray and give thanks after each game he coached, regardless of the outcome, whether they won or lost, he would always go to the 50-yard line and give thanks to the Lord. Yeah, and he wanted to give thanks to the Lord for the play that they had uh, for protecting the, the young people on the field from injuries and just to give thanks to the Lord. So that's what he did. He went to the football field, he took a knee, and then oftentimes other members of the opposite team would join him afterward to pray. And this is silent prayer, by the way. He wasn't, you know, broadcasting it. He was just silently praying to himself, and then others gravitated toward him to join. And the game's over by this time. Right. So the game's over, and some people come from the stands, some people are leaving the stands, but the game is over, and the outcome has been decided in that particular game. So it's obviously just private speech of individuals gathering together. He's not demanding anybody to come. He's not punishing anybody who doesn't come. He doesn't put pressure on the players to come or not to come. 
It's just Coach Kennedy doing it on his own and other people voluntarily joining it. Well, the school said that that's not private speech, it's government speech. And they said, because it's government speech, we can't allow it because to do so would violate the First Amendment Establishment Clause, the church-state provision of the First Amendment. But you know, it was odd, Matt, because this went on for years, he was able to do this, and all of a sudden they, they took a stand and said, no, you, you can't do this, it violates the Establishment Clause. And I they terminated him when he continued to do that. Yeah. They terminated him, he filed suit, he lost all the way through the Court of Appeals, went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court uh, did not take the case, but interestingly, some of the justices said uh, that it's not ready for review, but it presents uh, significant issues that the court may want to consider in the future. Mm -hmm. So he goes back down to the lower courts, loses again, loses again at the Court of Appeals, comes back up to the court uh, of the Supreme Court, and files ultimately in September of 2021. And the court conferences, what they do is when the case is ready to review, to decide whether they're going to take a case to decide on the merits, they set it for one of their weekly conferences. And in this particular case, it got moved from one conference to the other to the other, meaning it looks like what they were doing is looking for something. They're trying to get better information as to say, is this the case that we want to take? And so they moved it down the road for many different weeks all the way through 2021. Then it comes up to uh, 2022. And finally, on the Friday before our case was argued on January 18, on that Friday, which is January 14, the justices met again, and it's on the docket again as one of the cases to review in their conference. And they decide to take it. Now, I think it's very significant because by that time, the justices and the law clerks would already have had our briefs, and they had already been completely familiar with our case, Shirtliff versus City of Boston. And the issue in our case is essentially the same. And now, obviously, it looks like uh, there is a large majority of the Supreme Court that won't allow this kind of viewpoint discrimination. I don't know how they're going to rule on the Coach Kennedy case. It's far too early and premature for that right. because it hasn't even been set for oral argument yet. But I can tell you on our Shirtliff case, even the Washington Post said it looks like the Supreme Court uh, believes that Boston made a mistake in denying the Christian flag. Which we know they did. Which we know we did. <laughs> yes. And the, the way that the argument went, uh, Justice Kagan at the very end questioned the city attorney, and she said, essentially, you, you made a mistake. Why didn't you fix it, settle the case, and move on? Even didn't Breyer also agree? Why he, didn't you settle this? Why didn't you why settle didn't the case and, and move on? And then Justice Kagan also said, it looks like you have flags go up, flags go down, and the one flag you don't want is one with a Christian viewpoint. And then she just said, the end. Isn't that it? Is the end. It's like, isn't that what happens here? What else is there for us to look at at this point? You engaged in viewpoint censorship. And in fact, the facts of our case are very interesting. You can't make these up. Camp Constitution... That's the name of the civic organization founded by Hal Shirtliff, teaches young people and others about the Constitution, and they actually have a camp for that in the summer. So Camp Constitution wanted to celebrate and recognize the Constitution for Constitution Day, which is every September 17. It's a federally recognized day to honor the Constitution and Citizenship Day, people who come to the United States and become citizens. He wanted to honor Constitution, 
day, and he wanted to do it in one of the public forums. I'm using Boston's words that were open for all applicants. Again, Boston's words, they're public forums open for all applicants. He filed an application. The event was going to be about one hour. They were going to do it at the base of a flagpole. That flagpole had 284 applications that had been approved in the past 12 years. Hal Shirtliff was application number 285. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that prevented the event from going on with the Christian flag was not the flag. Flag wasn't the problem. It was Hal Shirtliff's view of that flag expressed in one word on the application itself, and that is the word Christian. That word triggered him. But you know, Matt, I thought it was interesting during the oral argument, the city's attorney tried to deny that the flagpole was a public forum. He I said, know. we've never opened it up to the public. And I'm like, what? I mean, if you look at their policy and their policy calls at one of the public forums, you check off a box as to whether you want to be on the plaza, on the stage, north stage outside, or the flagpoles. Mm -hmm. It's listed as one of their public forums. And that same policy says these public forums are open for all applicants. And so it's pretty clear. And then they ultimately, through 284 applications over 12 years, they treated it like a public forum. They had the uh, communist, pro-communist group, the Chinese Progressive Association that would raise the Chinese flag in celebration of Mao Zedong, uh, a murderer who brought a revolution to that land and imposed communism in China. And they're all in favor of that. Can that really be Boston speech? And in fact, Alito called him on the carpet for that, called mm -hmm. the attorney. Is that really Boston speech? He actually asked me, he says, don't they also raise the Chinese flag? And I said, yes, they do. Um, and it celebrates Mao's revolution. And also, a few days later, a private group that is Taiwanese, Chinese, but they're supporting pre-Mao, anti-China, anti-communism. They raise a flag in protest of that. So how can that be... Boston whiplashing its people between China, anti-China, communism, anti-communism, pro-Mao, anti-Mao, in just a matter of a few days. It's private speech. They just didn't want a religious viewpoint in their form. And that's the issue. It'll be a big case. Continue to pray for Shirtliff versus City of Boston. And that case will lead us right in later this year to the Coach Kennedy case, lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org. Call us at 407-875-1776, lc.org.